1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is the KDLM Sports Wrap. We recap yesterday in sports and preview a little bit what's to come. Busy day in in terms of sports. Twins in action at noon against Boston. We'll have that game here on KDLM. Then tonight, things get a bit crazy. Go for basketball on the road at Penn State. Looking for their first road win of the season. 0 for 9 right now in what could be one of the final games of Richard Patino's tenure here in Minnesota. We'll talk about that this morning. Wild back in action tonight. Lost in overtime to Las Vegas on Monday. Back against Vegas tonight at 9 o'clock. Timberwolves basketball is what we'll have on the air tonight. 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip-off against the Charlotte Hornets. The last game of the first half of the NBA season. After tonight, Wolves will be off until uh, a week from tomorrow when they'll be on the road in New Orleans to begin the second half. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist of the Timberwolves Radio Network. Coming up in the second half of the wrap to, to talk Charlotte and to talk about some other things. We haven't talked to, well, I haven't talked to, uh, to Cal about Chris Finch yet. I was gone last week, so Joel... Uh, had sports ramp duties. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about guys that are going to benefit in Chris Finch's offense, and we'll, we'll dive into the the comments that Ricky Rubio made after the Phoenix loss, where he says, "You know, we're, we're not getting any better. Things aren't changing. We're not learning from our mistakes." And Ricky really stepping up and taking that leadership role and calling his players and his teammates out. Of course, lots going on in high school sports last night as well. The game we had on KDLM, absolute thriller at the Ralph Anderson Gymnasium. Lakers beating East Grand Forks in overtime in boys basketball last night. Let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports here, shall we? Rewind time. Rewind. The Lakers just got to slow things down. 17 seconds left here in the first half, and it's been a 12 to nothing run by East Grand Forks. Three ball on the way by Perkins. Back iron, no good. Seven seconds. If the Green Wave want to tie the game or take the lead, they're going to try and take the lead. Here's Bottle for three. Hit that one. Oh, my goodness. And the Green Wave going to go to halftime with the lead. Corner three, 32 to 31. It's a 15 to nothing East Grand Forks run here to close out the first half. That's how the first half ended the Ralph Anderson Gymnasium. Lakers led 20 to nine midway through the first half and saw that lead disappear after the Green Wave outscored the Lakers 23-11 to to close out the first half, including that buzzer-beater three by Sam Bonova to end the first half. East Grand Forks went to the locker room 32-31, to leading the game. Lakers struggled out of the gates also. They trailed by as much as, nine, or as not a 19, 13 points, 49-36 to with 11-38 to play. But then Christian Solberg, Caden Yelanimi, and Zach Oisted fueling a Lakers comeback. The three of those guys combined for 29 points in the second half. Lead trimmed down to 66-64 thanks to this heads-up play from Caden Yelanimi. We're looking to get the ball to Campos. He does so. And stolen by Caden Yelanimi. Layup is up and good. And Lakers trail by two. Here we go. Buckle up, folks. 327. Stolen by the Lakers again. It's Yelanimi. Shot is up and no good. But he's going to go to the line for two. And that's the shot in the arm the Lakers needed. 66-64, I score at that point. Christian Solberg hitting the game-tying layup with 1.2 seconds left. A three-quarters length desperation shot by Ryan Taylor rattled in and out for East Grand Forks. That would have won the game, but instead the game goes to overtime. Lakers jump out to a 70-66 lead, but then led 71-70. Clutch free throws down the stretch from Caden Yelanini and Elias Gleggie. 
under a minute left, gave the Lakers a 72-71 lead. East Grand Forks had a chance to take the lead, but a moving screen call on Spencer Eglin of East Grand Forks gave the ball back to the Detroit Lakers with nine seconds left. Gleggy hit two more free throws to make it a three-point game, and then Green Wave missed the three to send the game to a second overtime. Detroit Lakes comes out on top, 74-71, and probably one of the most fun games I've called in my broadcasting career. Christian Solberg, 12 points, all in the second half. Zach Oisted finishing with 16 points, 16 boards. Sam Bottoa leading all scorers with 17 points last night. Elias Gleggy, 11 points off the bench and hit five of his six free throws in the second half and overtime. As a team, Lakers were 17 of 23 from the free throw line compared to just 6 of 14 for East Grand Forks. Lakers win for the first time since their COVID-19 pause two weeks ago. They improved to 7-4. and four. They're back in action tomorrow night in DGF. With the heartbreaker, East Grand Forks falling to 6-8. and eight. They're going to return home to face Rozo on Thursday. Other games in high school sports last night will stick in boys basketball. Stables Motley back from their COVID-19 pause. They fall to Crosby Ironton last night, 65-41. Lakers get CI at home next Monday. Aiken falls to... Grand Rapids, 66-34. to Close one in Sabika last night with Long Prairie Great Eagle eking out a win against Sabika, 55-53. Little Falls, Lakers play them on Saturday at the Ralph. 70-59 winners over St. Cloud Cathedral. Monaga beating Bertha Hewitt, 65-40. Henning over Pillager, 59-54. New York Mills over Wadena Deer Creek, 81-49. Nevis beats Park Rapids, 74-43. Lake Park Ottoman, 59. Faustin, 42. Pelican Rapids beats Thief River Falls in boys basketball last night, 58-53. to In a close one at the Hive last night, Nailbiter, Purim beating Frazee by two points, 66-64. In girls basketball, Lakers back from their COVID-19 pause. They start on the right foot. They beat DGF 43-36 to complete the season sweep over the Rebels. In other scores in girls' basketball action last night, Parker's Prairie over Battle Lake, 68-43. Fergus Falls beaten up on the Recorey Spartans last night, 76-31. Purim beats Pequot Lake, 72-59. Park Rapids over Aiken, 61-39. Alexandria beats Wilmer, Battle of the Cardinals, 62-50. Brainerd beating Bemidji last night, 52-46. That's the Laker girls' next opponent. We'll have that game on KDLM tomorrow night. Full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. Brainerd over Bemidji, 52-46. to Rozo beating Thief River Falls, 54-42. to It was Pillager over Verndale in girls' basketball action last night, 67-34. West Central area all over Rothsay, 74-18. Breckenridge beating Morris area, 58-39. In overtime, Crookston over Hawley, 53-46. Moorhead beats East Grand Forks, 64-32. In girls hockey last night, Ella Hess had a hat trick for the Lakers. They beat Prairie Center 7 to nothing. Hess had three goals. Pavick scored. Coley had two, and Stadelman had a goal. That equals seven. Other scores in high school girls hockey last night St. Cloud over Bemidji 6 to nothing. Warroad over East Grand Forks 11 to nothing. And Thief River Falls beats Crookston at the Little Ralph 3 to 1. In boys hockey last night, it was senior night for Detroit Lakes. They took on Park Rapids area, a team that they eked out a 1-0 win a couple weeks ago. 
A little bit more offense for the Lakers last night. They win 6-3 to on senior night. Hines, Fritz, McAllister, and Green all score. And how about this? Cooper Moore and Aiden Kennedy scoring their first varsity goals last night in a 6-3 to Laker win over Park Rapids. Other scores in boys hockey last night. Red Lake Falls beats Bagley Foston 6-3. to Northern Lakes over Little Falls 4-2. to Moorhead beats East Grand Forks 4-2. to Thief River Falls over Crookston 7-0. And uh, a fun one in Bemidji last night. I caught some of this game last night on KBUN. Bemidji beating St. Cloud one to nothing in overtime. Those are my favorite kind of games. I, as much as I love lots of offense in hockey, give me a give me a two to one one to nothing game any any night of the week. Cousin shotgun Dalvin Cook to his left. Third and goal from the four. Kirk takes the snap. Looks right, fade left, end zone, and it is caught! Touchdown! Rudy! And just threw the jump ball. Oh, what a beautiful throw! Bonjour, San Francisco, and au revoir, New Orleans Saints! One of the biggest catches of tight end Kyle Rudolph's career. That's from the uh, the playoff game against New Orleans, what, two, three years ago? As the Vikings knock off the Saints in overtime. Kyle Rudolph, a, a lot of fun moments as a Minnesota Viking. He was released yesterday. He's been with the Vikings his entire NFL career. Was the 43rd overall pick in the 2011 draft. The first tight end to be selected in that draft. He's going to lead the Vikings as 10th all-time in receptions and receiving touchdowns and 10th in receiving yards. Vikings have recently beefed up their tight end core, Irv Smith Jr., who grew into an increasingly larger role in 2020. And always a class act. Rudolph bid farewell with a goodbye message to Minnesota on the Players' Tribune yesterday. Here's a couple quotes from that. He says, every season I played here, every game I played here, you all believed. Whether we were 3-13 and or 13-3 and or any record in between, whether we won big or lost big or won a thriller, or lost a heartbreaker. There's no bitterness in Minnesota. There's no cynicism. There's no Super Bowl curse. There's just always been hope. You've never been wavering. You've never wavered in believing in what this team is about. And I want to thank you for that because it's rubbed off on me in so many ways. It's rubbed off in my life in ways I don't think I'll ever fully realize. I think being part of this culture for the last 10 years, it made me grow into a better football player, but also a better father and a better husband and a better man. Even though I'm leaving Minnesota, I will always be a Minnesotan. Ah, Kyle Rudolph, only 31 years old, so still a lot of time to uh, to, to jump on somewhere and make a, a huge impact, not just for another team on the field, but also a lot off the field for, for Rudolph coming up as well. Wish wish Kyle Rudolph nothing but the best. He's been one of my favorite players since they drafted him 10 years ago. Free. Richard Patino's team is back in action last night. They've lost 8 of 10. They are at Penn State tonight, and you can say what you want about the road record. 0-9. This is the last shot that the Gophers have to win a true road game before the Big Ten tournament begins next Wednesday in Indianapolis. A report from the Star Tribune's Marcus Fuller, and this is what we've been saying forever, is that Patino's tenure could be down to its final games after back-to-back losses to Nebraska and Northwestern. Both teams at the bottom of the Big Ten standings and dropped the Gophers to 13-12 and on the season, 6-12 and in the Big Ten, and 0-9 on the road. The report also states uh, that the scene in the Gophers' locker room after the February 27th loss to Nebraska was emotional 
And Patino jumped into the post-game media call, quote, a little later than usual. Patino says, I, I told my players, enjoy the process. Enjoy being in college. It's a weird college experience, obviously, but embrace it. Love it. Love the time you have with your teammates. Love playing basketball. The report echoes a tweet over the weekend from WCCO's Henry Lake that sources have told him Patino, who has a, a, a 140 and 120 record in eight seasons at the Minnesota team, will uh, coach through the end of the season but will not return for next year. Neither Patino or U of M Athletic Director Mark Coyle have commented on either report. Coyle said, I don't talk about our coaches until the seasons are over and you have to look at the entire body of work. There are some quality wins for the Gophers team this year, beating Iowa and Ohio State and Purdue. Uh, One loss, Michigan. Their one loss came to Minnesota. The Gophers still have an outside chance, despite being 0-9 on the road, to make the NCAA tournament based solely on those four wins. Those four wins are, are, are better than... Most conference champions are are going to have, let alone any bubble teams. There are no other bubble teams that have beat Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, and Purdue this season. But the Gophers need to put things together tonight and beat Penn State on the road. Patino is playing for his job. His coaches, his players are playing for their coach's job. Patino does have a $1.75 million buyout from the university if he's fired before April 30th. If he's kept past that date, he's going to earn a $2.5 million salary plus a $400,000 retention bonus for next season. So we'll see what happens tonight against Penn State. We'll see what happens this weekend, and we'll see if the Gophers can make a run in the Big Ten Tournament. It begins next Wednesday here on KDLM. We will have Gopher basketball if well the Gophers are going to play a playing game on, on Wednesday, let's be honest. Here on KDLM, full broadcast schedule will update once we have the bracket and the seating available. Coming up second after the sports wrap, we're talking to one of my favorite guests on a Wolves Wednesday. Cal Soderquist for the Timberwolves Radio Network joins me next to talk some Wolves basketball. They're taking on Charlotte tonight in the final game of the first half of the NBA season before the All-Star break begins tomorrow. Cal Soderquist next on The Wrap. Hi, I'm Mike Ann with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. J.J. Watt was introduced in Arizona Tuesday, and he provided his reasoning for deciding on the desert. Signs kept pointing back down here, Watt said before mentioning Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and the defensive scheme, all his influences on his decision. Watt was also asked about his former quarterback in Houston, and he said, quote, the one thing I want for Deshaun Watson is for him to be happy. Watson's current running back, David Johnson, who arrived in Houston via the Andre Hopkins trade, has agreed to terms on a restructured one-year contract in the NFC North. Bears general manager Ryan Pace said Tuesday no firm decision has been made regarding Allen Robinson's future in Chicago. Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst did not dismiss the possibility of using the franchise or transition tag on Aaron Jones, and the Vikings have released veteran tight end Kyle Rudolph. This has been your NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota basketball after this. Hey, it's Guardsy for Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, and it's that time of year to be freezing for a reason. And Special Olympics Minnesota needs our help now more than ever. And this year, they made it even easier to take the plunge. You can plunge in person at a safe and socially distant event or virtually. Affinity Plus wants to help you get started on your fundraising goal by contributing a $25 donation to the first 1,000 plungers to register at plungemn.com. Join the fun today and make a difference this season. Affinity Plus, federally insured by NCUA.
The Golden Gopher men's basketball team visits Penn State tonight for a 6 o'clock game. Minnesota head coach Richard Pitino says of the Nittany Lions. Yeah, really scrappy. Uh, try to turn you over and shoot a bunch of threes. And unlike us, they make those threes when they shoot them. Uh, so that's um, they, they'll fire them away. I mean, they, they 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 really shoot a bunch of them, and they're they're just scrappy, and they're you know they're fast, and they're athletic. They got a lot of returners back. Um, you know, obviously Stevens is a, is a different element, but they're trying to spread you out a little bit more and shoot a bunch of threes and turn you over. Patino says Nittany Lions center John Harris is a tough matchup. He is relentless. I mean, just physically, he's in great shape. He's big. Uh, does you know a lot of big guys get tired? Like if Liam does play, I mean, I can only imagine how tired he'll be because he hasn't practiced in two weeks. Uh, you know, so exactly right. I mean, we got to put a body on him. Like we talked about, when you shoot a bunch of threes, that means long rebounds. So guys, you got to hit bodies. You know, you got to embrace the physicality and keep him off the glass. That's Golden Gopher head basketball coach Richard Patino, who's hoping to have center Liam Robbins back from an ankle injury. He will be a game time decision. For more info on Gopher basketball, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. It's time once again for a Twins Minute. I'm Chris Atterbury. You know, two years ago, Mitch Garver had a spectacular offensive season. He was an on-base machine, hit for a ton of power, drove in a ton of runs. Looking to build on that last year? Well, not so much. The offensive production wasn't there, and eventually an intercostal injury sidelined Garver for a large chunk of the abbreviated season. I asked him on the advent of spring training 2021 whether he'd been working on his swing and whether he felt his swing had been impacted by the injury and he made quite a discovery at the tail end of the year there were some things i couldn't do last year because of the intercostal we we kind of picked that apart early in the offseason and maybe you know i wasn't able to do some of the moves i needed to because i was subconsciously guarding it or it was hurting or it was you know not in the right spot so um we kind of made those adjustments early in the offseason and well, that's why your swing didn't feel good. <laughs> Intercostal's better, hoping the swing's better as well. This is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the sports wrap on a Wednesday morning, a Wolves Wednesday. Wolves in action tonight, the final game before the All Star break on the road in Charlotte, taking on. LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. We're joined on the phone by Cal Soderquist of the Timberwolves Radio Network. Morning, Cal. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Zeke. How's everyone in Detroit ranks? We're, uh, we're, we're slowly warming up. Is <laughs> I feel like every time right. I talk to you, it's always 20 below, 30 below. But now yeah. we're it, shorts weather. I think we're supposed to hit like the mid-30s today. So we're, we're, we're loving life up here. The big thaw. Yeah, everyone's everyone's kind of experiencing that right now, I think. Yeah, the big thaw before the impending late March, early April snowstorm is going to dump like eight inches of snow and make up for lost time. Exactly. I don't, I don't think I've I've plowed my driveway since the day after Christmas is, is, is how it's been up here. There you go. Not a bad situation. Let's talk about the Wolves. Uh, in Charlotte tonight, Wolves uh, have lost a couple more games. Uh, lost to Phoenix over the weekend, lost to Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook in the... The Washington Wizards over the weekend as 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 well. What are we seeing from from the new Chris Finch era? He's he's over four. Has, has he really had time to to stop and, and take a breath since uh, two weeks ago when when the Wolves released Ryan Saunders? That's that's been just it. I think you know, like you mentioned, uh, not only 
games right away, but, but games in fast succession kind of. It's really been a baptism by fire. Um, and, you know, not only – I doubt he's had much of an opportunity to implement, you know, some of the things he wants to do differently, both offensively and defensively, even if they're just wrinkles. But it's really been uh, more so just introduce yourself to these players. You know, have a quick shoot-around, a walk-through, and let's go play. He talked a lot about trying to simplify everything um, and really just try to get guys to play freely. And, you know, in theory, that always sounds good and oftentimes works good. But I think, you know, between him just sort of trying to catch his bearings, catch his breath a little bit, um, they had that first home game last Sunday on the second end of a back-to-back. And he kind of joked about how, you know, just finding his way around Target Center and, and the team's facility at Mayo Clinic Square and, you know, realizing that he had a, a head coach's office and, and all these things that normally happen, you know, in an offseason or anything else. Um, but with this especially condensed schedule, uh, you know, that there's just no practice time. There's very little practice time. Teams are even very cautious about when they shoot around on game days because you've got morning testing and you don't want – you know, you, you want to prioritize uh, guys resting whenever you can. So uh-huh. that's the case for the Wolves today is no shoot around today. And um, I think, you know, it's 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 been uh, certainly kind of fly by the seat of your pants and then get to this all-star break and, and hopefully utilize that to uh, get more acclimated. I saw the comments from Ricky after the, the Phoenix loss. Where I, I saw some tweets where he was yelling out the plays that Phoenix was going to run from the bench. Uh, Wolves lost that game one eighteen to ninety nine, led by his or, or trailed by as many as twenty. Excuse me, and just it seems like Ricky's getting kind of frustrated because the entire season he's taken the blame for some of the the poor play for some of the losses. But Ricky came out and said, you know what, we are we're not getting any better. I mean, we're not learning. We're making the same mistakes every single night. I, I know it has to be frustrating for Ricky. Do you think there's there's any chance that Ricky gets gets moved somewhere where he can compete for a championship versus being a part of another Minnesota rebuild? Yeah, it's interesting, and, you know, you appreciate Ricky's uh, honesty, and he's kind of been that guy all year, you know. To uh, he, he said that when he was brought in, he wanted to be more of a leader this time around. Obviously, he has that veteran experience and the playoff experience uh, compared to his first stint here when he was just a teenager. Um, but really, you know, he's I, I, you can't fault him for, for the things he says in terms of questioning if, if this is all headed in the right direction, et cetera. Um, I just think the whole team has been through a lot in this last week, you know, and I think we really can't discount or downplay the relationship that some of these guys had with Ryan Saunders. I mean, Ricky Rubio and, and maybe Carl Anthony Towns are uh, two of the guys who have known Ryan the longest. I mean, Ricky, you know, ha- has – basically known Ryan. I, I'm pretty sure Ricky and a couple guys attended Ryan's wedding. Um, and there's, there's just that unfortunate connection with several of these guys. You know, Ricky lost his mother to cancer. Um, we know about Ryan losing flip, uh, cat mm-hmm. losing his mom to, to COVID-19. So I, I don't, you know, I see how these guys can just be absolutely emotionally drained. Uh, after the week, you know, last week you Everything happens at the start of a road trip. That road trip goes poorly. You lose four straight games. They had played close games for the last, you know, including that Knicks loss. They had played in five or six straight close games. 
and then you bring in head coach Chris Finch, and you you lose three straight blowouts. And I, and I think it's easy for players to just feel absolutely worn down from all of that. And so I, I kind of credit Ricky's comments to, to that overall and guys just really needing this all-star break. And because I, I think you can still, you know, if, if you kind of strip away the emotions from the last week, there, there still is a very clear plan forward and path forward for this team. And it involves, you know, continuing to develop guys like Anthony Edwards and, and continue to kind of see which pieces fit best around Carl Anthony Towns and his skill set. Um, but the other thing that you mentioned, which is interesting with Ricky is, and maybe also could be a motivation behind some of his comments is I'm sure, you know, when, when this trade happened in the off season and he was brought in, he, he probably hoped or thought that this would be, you know, a skilled enough team and a competent enough team where, they'd at least be competing for, you know, a playoff spot in the Western Conference. And he'd be that guy either behind D'Angelo Russell or in the backcourt with D'Angelo Russell, um, and they'd be playing competitive games. And, and I'm sure Ricky, you know, he's a smart player. He probably looks at their record and what's ahead of them in the second half. And he knows that when, when you're a team like this with, with this many losses, you start to prioritize different things. And it might mean, unfortunately, you know, even less minutes for a guy like Ricky if, if it means seeing Jordan McLaughlin or just different combinations of lineups that, you know, with a new head coach, he's going to want to feel everything out. So that, that's kind of where my mind went uh, when, when Ricky first said those comments on Sunday night. Let's talk about the lineup because there are a couple changes. Malik Beasley suspended uh, for the gun charges that happened last spring. Uh, who are some guys? We, we know that Cat is going to benefit from from Chris Finch's offense. Who are some other guys other than Cat that are going to benefit in the long term from Chris Finch being the head coach of this team? It's a great question, honestly. I mean, I think uh, we we need to see uh, the, the big uh, the big question mark. I think, or maybe that's the wrong phrase. But you know, D'Angelo Russell when he gets back healthy, we really are excited and interested to see some of the changes Chris Finch can implement with D'Lo because. Dilo was kind of that one guy, you know, it's not that Ryan and, and the assistants wanted to play slow or wanted to slow the pace down. You know, we've heard from Chris Finch that they want to push the pace as much as possible, especially try to keep the pace fast in that fourth quarter where the Wolves had kind of struggled when the game would slow down and couldn't execute in the half court. Um, but we've seen from Dilo is that he kind of likes to, you know, from time to time, he likes to slow it down work the pick and roll, try to probe his way into the mid-range um, if that's what the defense is giving him. So that'll be a big a big key is kind of unlocking D'Lo and getting him to get out and run more and, and maybe realize that there's still lots of, you know, opportunities for a point guard, whether it's shot attempts or playmaking opportunities when you're getting out and running like that. Um, the other, the other guys I think that just might benefit more once the system is, is more in place, you know, installed on the other side of the all-star break are guys like Jaden McDaniels, who's, who's shown that, you know, he's got the ability to shoot the three. Um, and if, if he's capable enough defensively to be out there with Carl Anthony Towns, those are the guys that are really going to benefit from, you know, the attention that Cat commands from an opposing defense and some of the other opportunities that will then present themselves when Cat is kind of the, the focal point. Jared Culver's been playing this week. I've missed a, a whole pile of time due to the ankle injury. That ankle 100% for J.C.? You know, I think it's he's certainly working back. He said that he's fully healthy, um, which is great, and he certainly missed a lot of time. So you, 
you'd hope and think that he's he's close to 100% there. But where he might still be coming back is is just the confidence. And you've seen it at times when he's he's out there. You know, this was a guy who is something I've thought a lot about actually is that you know in that shortened preseason it was it was all pretty bizarre and the training camp was short. But if you had to kind of give out those those preseason awards. Um, Jared Culver was arguably your MVP in, in just those three games that we saw mm-hmm. and, and the difference from him, you know, he put on some of the weight. Uh, he, he was not playing like a hesitant rookie that, you know, that we obviously saw from him sometimes in his first season last year. Um, so we really were excited for that. Uh, his, his minutes were kind of up and down to start the season and then he suffered the ankle injury and he missed a lot of time. And I think he's still just kind of, you know, now, with a new head coach and not sure where his uh, rotational minutes are. Um, I think he's just kind of feeling it out right now. And it's, you know, you'd love to see him back full confidence with that full health, because that's a guy obviously who, you know, when we, if we circle back to this team's direction and kind of the big picture thing, he's, you'd love to have him be a piece, you know, even if it's not a, a, a starter important, you know, top three or top four guy, you'd love to get something from someone who was your sixth overall pick. And he's shown the flat. He's shown that he can be, you know, basically he's got the skill set to be a Josh Okogie level perimeter wing defender. And you always need those guys. And then, you know, he, in the preseason, we saw flashes of offensive creativity and some shot making. So really maybe trying to figure out, you know, getting him back to confidence, getting him some more minutes to try to develop might also be a key for this team uh, in the second half. Final game in the first half of the season tonight, Charlotte at the Target Center, 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip-off. Uh, what do we like against Charlotte tonight? Well, uh, we can, we can just like we did in the first matchup, keep our eyes solely focused on that, you know, the, the rookie matchup between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. Um, we've, seen, we've seen plenty of flashes from Ants, the number one overall pick, and then Lamelo, the number three overall pick, is probably beginning to kind of cement uh, his his rookie of the year status. To be honest, he's had you know he got inserted into the starting lineup I think in early January. So for the first first three or four weeks, maybe he was kind of coming off the bench and they were working him in slow in Charlotte. But since he jumped into that starting lineup, he's absolutely taken off. Um, he's just finished a month of February where. He averaged 20 points, six rebounds, and six assists. And this is a stat I saw recently, uh, just the other day, that he's he's one of only three teenagers to post a calendar month with a 26 and six stat line. Wow. And the other two guys are Luka Doncic and LeBron James. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good company to keep, and uh, it just kind of puts in perspective that he's doing a lot quickly, no less than a you know a season where he didn't have a summer league kind of like the same stuff we say for Anthony Edwards and all the ups and downs that any rookie has had to kind of manage this year um he's really found a groove I think he had 30 points in their most recent game a loss at Portland um he's also starting to figure things out defensively he had four steals in that loss so I will be watching him very closely and just to see kind of how he continues to be basically their their floor leader and their main creator um, and Ant, you know, just for, to, to Ant's credit, I think he's feeling it out. He, he had some wise comments on Sunday about, you know, going to the basket more. His head coach has wanted that from him. Finch has, has kind of mentioned that he's got to not settle for so many outside jumpers. Um, and Ant spoke 
he sounds like a veteran speaking about, you know, the fouls that he does or does not get from mm-hmm. officials during his rookie season. And it was great to hear him say that, you know, that will come as I, as I earn and gain respect in the league, I'll get some more of those calls. So I think it's too early to say that, you know, one guy's a bust and the other guy's the clear franchise player and, and all that stuff that we love to do um, in the debate world. But I think it's just a matter of, you know, both these guys are very talented and, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch both of them continue to grow up in their roster with their teammates. You can catch Wolves basketball tonight. Wolves are 7-28, and Charlotte 16-8, and 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip-off from the Target Center here on KDLM. Cal, thanks so much for joining us on another Wolves Wednesday. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you on the pregame show tonight. Awesome. Thanks, Zeke. Sounds good. Can't wait. It's finger looking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Thanks to Cal Sodacris for joining us. Not just today, but every Wednesday this Wolves season. If you missed any of the interview with Cal, great stuff as always. Makes my job a lot easier. You can go back and re-listen momentarily on demand at kdlmradio.com or you can subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap or get your favorite podcasts from. On the show today, we talked about the, the huge Laker boys basketball overtime win last night. 74-71 trailed by 13 points midway through the second half and sneaks out a fun win last night. My voice is still hoarse. From calling the game last night, Charlie picked a good night to take off. That's all I'm going to say about that. We talked about Kyle Rudolph getting released by the Vikings today. Also dove into the Richard Pitino stuff. Uh, again, Gophers in action tonight at Penn State on the road. Their last chance to to take this year off the board when it comes to road wins for the program. Busy day in, in terms of sports across the state today. We haven't had a Wednesday this busy in a very, very long time. Twins Spring Training Baseball coming up on KDLM at noon today. Taking on the Boston Red Sox. We'll have that game on KDLM. Wolves taking on the Charlotte Hornets tonight, the final game of the first half of the NBA season. 6.30 pregame show with Cal Soderquist and Alan Horton before the tip-off from the Target Center at 7 o'clock. Following Wolves basketball, we're going to join Minnesota Wild Hockey in progress as they look to tie the Vegas Golden Knights atop the Honda West standings. A a, a win in regulation puts the Wild for a tie with Vegas for the number one spot in the division. We'll join Wild Hockey in Las Vegas after Wolves basketball tonight. Find that full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. Also worth noting this is as we gear up for playoffs season, which begins next Week for a lot of these these uh, these Laker teams. Some have already began. I, I know Laker Dance had their section meet um, last weekend. Is is we've got a lot of stuff going on in a very very short period of time. I think there's one night where we're scheduled to have boys basketball, boys hockey, girls basketball, and wrestling potentially all at the same time. So so Laker wrestling fans, here is what we are going to do. We are going to move Laker Wrestling to our sister station, 102.3 KRCQ, for the remainder of the season. The, the, the team portion of, the, of, the, of playoffs begins next Thursday, March 11th. Every match will be on 102.3 KRCQ. That way we can free up KDLM to get as much Laker playoff action as we have. Because if, if there's one thing with this condensed season... There's also condensed playoffs, and there's going to be multiple games on multiple nights. So for the rest of the season, KRCQ 102.3 FM is going to be the home 
for Laker Wrestling. And then we'll have Laker basketball and Laker hockey on KDLM. You can find the full broadcast schedule. It'll be up momentarily. We just finalized it last night. Like, like Charlie came over to drop off his broadcasting equipment so I could do the, the basketball game last night. And we stood in my driveway for like 20 minutes getting things squared away on how we're going to coordinate everything that's going to happen in the next two or three weeks for Laker sports. You can find that broadcast schedule online, KDLM Radio. I'm way past my, my time, but it's okay because I cut into my own show coming up next. Off the record with Zeke, you're in tune to KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. It's 10.07 here in the Lakes Air. Let's get to CBS News, then kick off the classic hits. You're listening to KDLM, Detroit Lakes, 93.1 FM and AM 1340. Serving you proudly for over 65 years.